Is the rapture real? Are people really going to be snatched up, snatched away from all the troubles and from the promised persecutions? All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We don't want to believe that. We want to believe we're going to be raptured away. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. I got to talk about this. I got I have got to talk about the rapture idea. Is it real? And if it is, when? And at what point are we there? Are we almost there? Are we close by? Are we near the rapture? I'm here to say no, not quite. There's a lot I'd like to read today in the book of Isaiah chapter 24 and 25, but first Let's go to the key scripture about the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. Starting in 1 Thessalonians 4 then, let's go to chapter uh, verse 9. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you are already you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business, working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then the people who are not Christians will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. Now, I'm just giving you the the context Verse 13, now, dear brothers, and I'm reading from the NLT, by the way, and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like those people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns... God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So, let's see what we can pick out of here. It's not until the first resurrection that all this happens. So, have you seen any resurrected people around? No? Well then, we're not quite there yet, are we? No, no we're not. And can it happen imminently? I mean, like, at any time, any second now? And every chance you get, look up and, and look for Jesus coming? I'm here to say that's just plain superstition and foolishness. It's not true. Let's be people of truth. They that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
So let's get to the bottom of the truth. Let's find out. Now, um, it does say, then, well, first the Christians who have died will rise from the dead, rise from their graves. Verse 17, then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Well, that's the rapture. But it doesn't happen on the first trumpet. How many are there? Seven, according to the book of Revelation, chapter 8 through 11. And we're going to take a look at that. But it happens at the last trump, not the first trump. Remember Jesus' parable of the terrors of the field? Let's just go there a second. We're reading from the NLT, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, and then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull the weeds out, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let, bro let both of them grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. What did they do first? Gather the wheat? No, they didn't gather the wheat until they had already gathered the tares, the weeds. They gather the weeds, bind them in bundles to burn them, and then they burn them. And then they put the wheat into the barn. So the wheat is not gathered until last, just like what we read. It's at the last trump, not the first trump. So let's dig up the trumps and see what that's all about. So we're going to go to Revelation chapter 8 and starting in verse 6 then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts the first angel blew his trumpet and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth one third of the earth was set on fire one-third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned. That's the first trumpet. Then the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. Now, this may be a um, meteorite. It may be a falling star, so to speak. It might be the International Space Station. Who knows? I don't know. But it was thrown into the sea. 
One-third of the water in the sea became blood. One-third of all living things in the sea died. And one-third of all the ships of the sea were destroyed. That's the second trumpet. Then the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one-third of the rivers and the springs of water. The name of the star was called bitterness or wormwood. It made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark. And one-third of the day was dark, and also one-third of the night, which means no moon and no uh, starlight at all. Then I looked, and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air. And here's what it said, Terror, terror, terror to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Woe is right. Chapter 9. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. This is what I've been saying for years. What, what would happen to the Middle East? They're going to nuke it, and all those oil fields will be set on fire, burning that oil from the bottomless pit and smoke clouds the whole planet. Little darker every day. The sunlight in the air turned dark from the smoke. Verse 2, chapter 9, Revelation. Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on earth. They were given power to sting like scorpions. They were told not to harm the grass or the plants or the trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God in their foreheads. Then they were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain like the pain of a scorpion sting. Let me tell you, that hurts. In those days, people will seek death. They will seek death, but not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. They had what looked like gold crowns on their heads, and their faces looked like human faces. They had hair like women's hair and teeth like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. Sound familiar? Helicopters? Hueys? Or Cobra, uh, Cobra gunships, maybe? They had tails that stung like scorpions, and for five months they had power 
to torment people. Their king was the angel from the bottomless pit. His name is Hebrew. In Hebrew, is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apolly. Excuse me, Apollyon, the destroyer. Sounds like Satan in a way. I'm not sure it is though. The first terror is past, but look, two more are coming. So we're now ready for the sixth trumpet. Remember, the seventh trumpet is the last one. Verse 13, Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the golden altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to the sixth angel who held the trumpet, Release the four, excuse me, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one third of all the people on earth. I heard the size of their army which was 200 million mounted troops. Wow, that's a big army. There's only two of those on the earth right now, China and Russia, I believe. And in my vision, verse 17, I saw the horses and riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. Huh, that's a clue to who it is. The horses had heads like lions, and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. Wow. One third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, fire, smoke, and burning sulfur, that came from the mouths of, their horse, of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. Sounds like Cobra gunships to me back in the Vietnam era. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continue to worship Demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or of their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So now we're ready for trumpet number seven. Chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, surrounded by a cloud and a rainbow over his head. His face shone like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of fire. And his hand was, or in his hand, was a small scroll that had been opened. He stood with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a great shout like a roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the seven thunders answered. The seven thunders, when they spoke, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, Keep secret what the seven thunders said and do not write it down. 
Then the angel I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand toward heaven. He swore an oath in the name of the one who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and everything in them, the earth and everything in it, and the sea and everything in it. And he said, There will be no more delay. When the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be fulfilled. It will happen just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. Then the voice from heaven spoke to me again, Go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So he's taking the scroll from this angel who is standing on the sea and land. He's half and half. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth, but it will turn sour in your stomach. So I took the small scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it, and it was sweet in my mouth, but when I swallowed it, it turned sour in my stomach. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples and nations, languages and kings. Chapter 11, Book of Revelation. Then I was given a measuring stick and told, go to the temple of God and the altar and count the number of the worshipers, but do not measure the outer court, for it has been turned over to the nations. And we're talking about Jerusalem the Temple Mount area. What's been given over to the nations, that is, the Gentiles? Well, that would be the Alaska Mosque and that whole area, that whole region on the Temple Mount, seems to me. They will trample the city, the holy city, for 42 months, three and a half more years, in other words. That's the way I'm reading it. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy during those 1260 days. These two prophets are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before God, the Lord of all the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the sky so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. Whoa. And then... When they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is um, figuratively called Sodom in Egypt, the city where the Lord was crucified, i.e. Jerusalem. And for three and a half days... All peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their dead bodies. Well, that's via television, obviously. No one will be allowed to bury them. 
All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other in celebration of the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. But after three and a half days, God breathed life into them, and they stood up. Terror struck all who were staring at them. Then a loud voice came from heaven and called to the two prophets, Come up here. And they rose to heaven in a cloud. This, in my view, is the beginning of the rapture. They rose to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched. At the same time, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. Seven thousand people died in that earthquake, and everyone else was terrified and gave glory glory to God, the God of heaven. The second terror is past. The third is coming quickly. Now we're at the seventh trumpet. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven shouting, The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's something to shout about, wouldn't you say? I would. But see, it all ties together. It comes at the seventh trumpet. It comes at the return of Christ when he comes to set up his kingdom on this earth. Verse 16, the 24 elders, <coughs> excuse me, the 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped him. And they said, we give you thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and always was. And now you have assumed your great power and begun to reign. Yay! The nations were filled with wrath. But now your time of wrath has come. Look out. It is the time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets. This is the rapture, in my view. As well as your holy people and all who fear your name from the least to the greatest, it is the time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. Whoa. Then in heaven, the temple of God was open, and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thunder crashed and roared, and there was a terrible earthquake and a storm of hail. Wow. Now let's jump on over or back to Isaiah 24, verse 1. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth. Make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surf surface of the earth and scatters the people, priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors. None will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord himself has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up. The crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people. And they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. 
So for this reason, or therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They're destroyed by fire, just what we read a minute ago in Revelation. And only a few are left alive. The grapevines waste away. There is no new wine. All the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodious chords of the harp are silent. No more electric guitars. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city writhes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out intruders. Mobs of people gathered in the streets, crying out for wine. Joy has turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. Sounds pretty dire. The city is left in ruins and its gates battered down. Throughout the earth, the story is the same. Only a remnant is left, like the stray olives left on a tree, or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left shout and sing for joy. Exactly. Only a few are left. Well, how many people were left alive in Noah's day? Eight? Eight people made it on the ark, and it was Noah, his three sons, their wives, and their children. Wow. Well, they were the righteous ones. They were the only righteous ones on earth at the time. Will there be so few left this time? I don't know. All who are left shout and sing for joy. Those in the West praise the Lord's majesty. We're in America. If you're in America, you're in the West because it's west of Jerusalem. Those in the West praise the Lord's majesty. In the Eastern lands, the Eastern lands give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea, that's America, that's um, Australia, etc. Praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth, songs that give glory to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails, and treachery is everywhere. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. That's each one of us. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap. Those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. It is utterly collapsed. It is shaking violently. The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again, for the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods, little g, in the heavens and the proud rulers of the nations of the earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and will finally be punished 
Then the glory of the moon will wane, and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. That's Jerusalem. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. Now chapter 25 of Isaiah. O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are now turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces in distant lands will disappear and never be rebuilt. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord, a tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people like a storm heating against a wall or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar of foreign nations as the the shade of clouds of a cloud cools relentless heat. That's what God is. He's like a cooling cloud. In Jerusalem, verse 6, The Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom. You see that? God's going to clear away that smoke I spoke of earlier. The shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. Thank God we have such a mighty Savior. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all the insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. In that day, people will proclaim, This is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. We can look forward to the real rapture at the seventh and last trump. So don't give up hope. God's going to fix everything. He's going to restore the earth. Praise God we have such a mighty king. And he is coming. He's on the way. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can learn more from my website and the books that I've written and put there for your benefit and all the videos that are there. Just go to I Tell Why. I, the letter I, tell, T-E-L-L, and Y, W-H-Y, or JesusIsWhy.com. I have nothing to sell. I'm not trying to get your email. I don't want anything from you. I want to benefit you and give you these things for your benefit. So have a great day, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in today.